Welcome to Awaken to Sleep Education. Have any questions? <laughs> yes, quite a few. Uh, that was fantastic. Um, seriously, thank you. Uh, so I, I I might be going in reverse order, but um, Dr. Rashmi, he had a couple of questions, but let's start with the Excite because you just covered that. Um, can you prescribe that or is it only prescribed by an MD? And also the cost, um, just give us a ballpark for what it costs to patients. Yeah, we can prescribe it and it costs the dentist $550 and you can decide whatever you want to charge patients. Uh, at first, they were rec recommending $750 and then $950. And now if it's on your website anywhere, it's supposed to be $1650. You can't advertise anything but $1650. In fact, if you go on their website, it'll say $1650. So mm -hmm. when the patient comes to you from their website and you and you give them a figure less than that, you're a hero. Yep. that's They figured it out because I was... Uh talking to somebody at 550 to 750 and that was not going to happen in the market. Uh, <laughs> that, no that's like uh, that's like Blue Cross Blue Shield of Tennessee that in network, you know, gives you 10% above your lab bill uh, yeah. in network. Um, okay, so uh, another one, uh, is oral clients possible for patients with upper and lower complete dentures? That's one of the most common questions I get. Um, I'm going to say yes, but I will say most of the time, this is with my Medicare patients. Um, you'll see some non-Medicare, but most people with full dentures are, are Medicare age. And so in my office, it's not going to cost them anything to try, but I will make sure that they're willing to wear them at night and make sure that they wear adhesive. And then I will use a number six round burr and go into the papilla area. I get permission from the patient first, but I'll create uh, indentations. Uh, in the papilla area between premolars and molars so that the appliance can lock into those. Uh, that's never a problem. I tell patients you're never going to feel those. No one's going to see them. doesn't harm the denture, but it works really well in helping that denture lock in or the appliance lock in. But it can create some sore problems that they didn't have before with the dentures, most likely in the upper canine area. And you just tell the patient, if you, if you have any sore spots in this area, we can relieve on your denture a little bit make that more comfortable. This is no guarantee that it's going to work, but since it's not going to cost you any money, that's how I word it. Yeah. Otherwise, at some point you're talking about implant located dentures and switching that up and yep. that is going to cost them some money. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay. Uh, shift back to uh, the CBT therapy. A couple of questions on that. Mm -hmm. uh, one is, uh, Dr. Rashmi has uh, several patients with C um, that he referred for CBTI. Compliance sucks. Uh, so what are your fancy magic wands for getting patients to comply? Well, first of all, Rashmi is a female. So I want to make sure you... <laughs> My apologies. Uh, yeah, but just because I know her. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, CBTI. It, it, every, that's why I give them three options. Uh, and factually, I have a brochure and I say, you know, uh, this psychologist, which is my sister, I say, she does everything telemed. It's really easy. You don't even have to leave your, your bedroom. You can talk to her this way. She accepts medical insurance, all that. And then I say, you've got the CBTI app on your phone. And of course, you can go to this course that I've talked to them about. So I try to get some buy-in, but you can't mm -hmm. force patients. I mean, 
all we can do is educate them and, and they get to make the final decision. Yeah. Got it. A uh, little bit pointed from Martin. Uh, I thought you were going to be talking about failures. And uh, your, your spin is, uh, hey, here's the things that don't work. And then here's what we do. So his question, how do you address patients who've developed open bites in both short-term and long-term use uh, of OAT? Ah, yes. Uh, I let the patient make the decision. I mean, we tell them at the very beginning, I I'm assuming we're talking about posterior open bites. I've only had maybe two anterior open bite patients and all depends on the curve of speed, but most I'm assuming he's talking about posterior open bite. So yes, I talk to patients and tell them that this is a possibility. I say, we're gonna give you four different ways to get your bite back in the morning, but I nor any of my team members can be there with you every morning to make sure you get your bite back. So it is up to you to make sure that your teeth are back to home base sometime in the day. If it's not, and we don't see you, we don't hear from you, you have made the decision to allow that to happen. Are you okay with that? And, and we're, we're pretty strong with that. So mm -hmm. I have never, ever had a patient complain to me note with the attitude that it's my fault. Now, they'll come back and they'll say, you know, my assistant will say, hey, Dr. Smith, uh, you need to come in here and see Susan. Uh, she's developed an open bite. Um, they don't use those words, but right. you know, she just, she's not really concerned. Right. She just wants to talk to you about it. You know, that's kind of how it usually goes. And then I'll say, listen, this, this could be a life-saving therapy that I'm removing from you. I can't tell you to stop wearing this because it could be saving your life or somebody else's. Only got you it. can. So you've got to make the decision. Is this side effect not worth the benefit that you're getting? And then you make the decision. Got it. Uh, so uh, along the, I got a question from the chat, um, along the lines of uh, failures, what would you consider a failure? Well, when the patient isn't happy with what any treatment that you provided and, and they're, and I, oh, I get those. Yep. And okay. in, that, in that case, I say, all right. You know, you told me when you came in that you did not want a PAP or a CPAC, regardless <laughs> of what happens, you, you did not want that. And I no. said, are you sure you don't want that? And you said, yes. Well, now will you consider it? I mean, we just try to get them to, to go back to PAP if they've already tried it or to try it now if they never tried it. And some do, some don't, and some refuse. And they just say, listen, I'd just rather die in my sleep than wear that snuffleupagus thing. Yep. Yeah. That's, uh, that's going to be the comment. The uneducated, not holistic perspective for patients. Yeah. Um, what do you do if the patient has central sleep apnea uh, rather than OSA? And I would also say, in addition to OSA, maybe the same or different answers. Yeah. Well, I've actually had sleep physicians refer central apneic patients to me for appliances. There's an excellent article by Eckert on... Um, and again, I can send this to anybody that wants, and I read it about once every year, and it takes about three or four times through it before you understand it, but it's the, about the cross-pollination between uh, central and obstructive sleep apnea, and we've seen it time after time. We fix their obstructive sleep apnea, and many of the central events go away, and I think some sleep physicians know this, some don't, 
but I'm not scared to treat a patient with central apnea. Yep. I'm so glad you said that. Um, like I mentioned earlier, we, we do send out a math email to everybody with the CE link. So if it's easier, we'd be happy to math distribute that um, to folks in that. Uh, to your point, I'm guessing that it's old school, old school versus new school. 15 years ago, central sleep apnea and 15 to 18 years ago, DSA and OSA were completely different treatment paths. They were using BiPAP STs for that. Now sure. they've got all the different studies, some of which you just mentioned right there. And the newer or more, uh, more newly educated sleep docs that are better well-read in some of the newer studies, they're not basing a lot of those treatment principles off of the old school stuff. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if Good. you're intolerant, a BiPAP intolerant, a mask intolerant, then right. you got to try something. And since yep. we know that we've had some success, I, I keep doing it. Yep. So uh, uh, got another question. Um, if the AHI goes down significantly, the, but the patient is still snoring, uh, what are some treatments to get rid of the snoring? You address that if you want to just recap real quick what your next yeah. one or two go-tos would be. Right. So I talk about positional therapy. I talk about elevating the head of the bed. I talk about Excite OSA. Those are the primary things that I discuss. Uh, and lastly, uh, earplugs for the bed partner. <laughs> and if they're fancy, they go spend $300 on the, you know, Bose noise making earbuds, you know, to sleep in, just not yeah, on their yeah. side. And honestly, yeah. you turn that brown noise up to max on your Alexa, you can't hear anything else. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, all right. So... What if instead of full dentures, the patient has removable posterior partials? Since oral appliances primarily have posterior retention, how would you make the appliance for these types of patients? They are Medicare and only Herbst appliances are covered by their insurance. What would you recommend? Yeah, and this is another common question, even from my team. Uh, in fact, today I had this very question and they sent me a photo from my other location of the patient's dentition. Thankfully, they had gotten a scan all the way back. Now, with the, with the Herbst, yeah, I, I get that, but you've got to have, it's more important to actually have teeth in the posterior because of the way the hinges are um, in the upper. So on the lower, if you can rest the appliance on the, on the tissue, and that works fine, but it also depends on exactly how many teeth they have. If they've still got premolars, but just no molars, this is still effective. We can still make this work. Awesome. Um, okay. What about low level therapy as an adjunct? The research on that, low, uh, low level therapy, you know what, uh, MJ, if you want to, uh, respond in there, I'll go ahead and ask the question again. If we can get some more details on that, uh, I'll move on to the next one. Uh, Abby, you've got, uh, do you recommend yearly follow-up HSTs after AHI is treated or just annual checkups, uh, based on the patient's subjective symptoms? Uh, yeah, we, we treat, we see patients after they've been effectively treated, we see them six months later and then yearly after that. And of course, many times they fall off and they just say, you know what, I'm doing great. I don't need to come back in. The people that are most likely to fail their appointments are our follow-up patients because they're doing fine and they just don't see the need. Uh, so that's unfortunate, but yeah, it, it really depends on what their HI was to begin with and what their oxygen level was like to begin with. 
But it, yeah, if it's like a patient that had an HIV 32 and you got them down to seven and they're feeling great, then life, things happen in life. They, they gain weight, they start taking medications, they're drinking more. I mean, doesn't everybody drink more as they get older? No, I don't know that, but <laughs> things obviously change. So we do, we do, we go by symptoms, yes. So if they come back in and say, I'm doing great, you know, my bite changed a little bit, but I don't care. Uh, you know, then, you know, we might not, but uh, I like to do that follow-up study for sure, because we like to report back to the referring physician um, that they're still being adequately treated. Got it. Awesome. Uh, Scott asked uh, if we can post the CE link again, team, if you can just copy and paste that in there, uh, looks like somebody missed it. That'd be awesome in the chat. Thanks, Scott. Um, Amanda asked, what are the four ways for patients to get their bite back? Okay, so there's the AM aligner, which we will make for them. We'll make them, you know, at, at, you've probably seen the, the pads. Yeah. We have chewing gum. And, and I ask patients, do you, do you take a shower in the morning? Uh, if you do, and about 80% of the population takes a shower in the morning. So if you do that, uh, put a stick of gum in your mouth, start chewing that, let the hot water beat on the muscles uh, while you're taking a shower. By the time you get out, you could be good to go. Then there's the thinking position where you hold this under your chin and you lean on it. We tell them to do that. Um, and then there's the, the bite tabs that we use as well. So these are you know, horizontal uh, strips of, of uh, uh, plastic, basically. Uh, I think we get them greatly. Uh, I don't remember where we get them. Uh, Keystone, I think. Uh, and then we just cut strips and we give them that as well, just in case they lose their air liner. We had a, a one today. This stuff happens all the time. The dog ate the AM aligner, so he was coming back in for another one. So the, the bite tabs, they can use that as a replacement for that. Got it. Awesome. Uh, what do you think about night, night lace uh, therapy? Or let's just say, not specifically the night lace, unless you have an opinion on that one, uh, any laser treatment as an adjunct therapy. Okay. I thought that might be what they meant by low level, that they're talking about the lasers. So. Um, I, I personally have, have never tried one. I know quite a few dentists that have and with some success, but I can't really speak well on that because I just don't have the experience. Sorry. Got it. Um, initial HST with WatchPat from referring doc. Then we use a night owl for follow-up and titration. Is this apples to apples or apples to oranges? How do you know if you're on the right path? Yeah, I think that's apples to oranges. <laughs> We, uh, yes. I, know, I know it's cheaper to use a night lace. I get that. Um, I just like that positional component of the watch pad. That's what I'm, that's just by far our favorite. And it's our sleep physician's favorite as well. And we get a lot of watch pad referrals coming in to us. That's what we see. So it's, I just always like apple to apples. Yeah, got it. And uh, anonymous, what's being lasered? Uh, the soft palate. Uh, that's what they were talking about. Yeah. Um, awesome. Okay. Uh, have you ever heard of this or recommended making the tight appliances specifically, like let's say the Prosomnus Evo that comes in very exact from the scan? Do you ever make it in a more passive fit or um, do you order it? No, I know there's a loose setting. If you, I think that's what they're trying to ask. Yeah. I'll speak um, on that. Yeah, yeah, I think if you've done, you know, five of them, for example, and they're, they're all tight and you have to adjust them, then all you have to do is tell them, 
Uh, we need to dial the tightness down. I mean, they use computers to do it. It is really easy for them to back off on the tightness of those. So it's just a, a simple request. Uh, we had that to begin with. I mean, my first Evo was way too tight. And I told them, this is not going to work it, on me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they redid it. And I said, nope, still too tight. And mm -hmm. finally, the third one, just right. And I said, okay. <laughs> this is how I want them. This bed feels perfect. This is how I <laughs> Goldilocks. Right, yeah. To feel yeah. on, on all of my patients. It needs to be a little more passive than what you've got it. But we had a patient today. He's out on upper 10. And every time he uses one, uh, after a while, it gets loose. So you deal with that sometimes, too, because they do get loose over time. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Uh, there's one I'm going to take here, if, if that's right, as a sleep tech. Uh, is there a test? Re well, let's do it together. Is there a test recommendation that aren't as expensive as the watch pad? Uh, I'll, I'll say it this way, guys. The watch pad is the Ferrari. You don't complain about the oil change when you buy the Ferrari. Uh, <laughs> it's got all the channels. It's got all the whiz bangs and it's outstanding data. Um, based on what Dr. Smith said, uh, I'll answer at least from our end. We have uh, another unit that has positional and it has lower disposable costs. It's a really a question of what channels you want to get. So if you're looking for very specific things that are related to WatchPat, i.e. like a Ferrari, then you're going to want to purchase that. It's a fantastic unit. But there are other uh, cost uh, efficient alternatives out there that are not as expensive if you don't need that same footprint in those same channels. Yeah, and the problem with the apnea link, and we've had a bunch of those before, that ResMed stopped servicing them. So yep. you just, I wouldn't suggest that one right now, but specifically for that reason, even though the disposables are cheap, yep. you can't get them serviced. Yeah, we, we actually service those. Uh, <laughs> seriously? <laughs> we do. <laughs> Uh, and and the other the other one that I was mentioning is the Philips Alice Knight one. So similar footprint, but it has the positional data with the average apnea length, the longest apnea length, um, and it does have the positional as well. And we get sleep, wake, and uh, yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. Well, we're about to inherit thirty apnea links, um, and we were told by um, the people I was talking to you about before that they, they yep. haven't been able to get them serviced. So you, you may be getting some units here pretty soon. Yep. Yeah. Re I mean, ResMed purchased Night Owl. So they're, they're not dumb. They're, they're phasing out the apnea length over time that they're boarded on this ship that's sailing towards the sunset. Yeah. We, we happen to have quite the, uh, quite the supply depot, if you will, to help fix those. All right. Yep. Um, so uh, Thomas asked, uh, what about high-res pulse oximeter devices like the SAT screen? Want to weigh in on that? I mean, I think it's okay for screening. Um, and if you want to follow, if your patient has, their only problem is oxygen, or that is their biggest problem, I think using high-res pulse ox is good. Uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't suggest using it for diagnostic purposes. I mean, because you can't. Um, insurance right. won't file that. <laughs> <laughs> but we see many patients with uh, we described before, you know, their their nadir is 88 and their HI is 42. Yep. Yep. Um, man, we're getting a lot of questions on the HST stuff. I think we opened a can here. Uh -oh. uh, your opinion on the um, Z machine HST by General Sleep. 
I have not used it, so I, I can't comment. Cool. Um, uh, Fernando, does Awaken to Sleep sell the Night Owl? We do not retell the Night Owl. We're not authorized resellers of that. Uh, we can interpret studies for Night Owl. So we have uh, panel of sleep docs. If you need that support in your state, and you don't have a local doctor, uh, we can do that for you. Um, we answer the HRPL one. Uh, if teeth are lingually tipped, what appliance is best um, to fit into undercuts and um, will come out with will come out without too much trouble? Yeah, if they're lingually tipped, and you don't see too many patients like this, but the lingualist appliances are going to be the best for those. Um, they can just yeah. barely overlap the lingual and still get good retention and, and not worry about not being able to, to get it out of their patient's mouth. Yep. Uh, two more. Man, you are a rock star. <laughs> 17 after going strong. Um, all right. Stan asked this. Uh, he's 75. He's getting spaces opening uh, in the molars, premolars, using a dorsal from Keller and an AM aligner. <clears throat> um, there is a distal wrap on second molars. Any ideas? what to do. He's thinking about using an ortho chain to close the spaces. Boy, yeah, I was, that, he answered my question that the distal wrap wasn't there. I mean, it was, nobody was doing, well, I'm not going to say it. Never mind. I don't want to go there. Um, distal wrapping is huge. Very important. I don't know how you're getting spaces opening up if you've got distal wrap and it's, it's intimately done. Now, I don't, uh, I haven't done any appliances from Keller. I don't know how loose those are. Is that got a, a flex lining or is it got, do, does it have ball clasps? Let me ask that. So, cause if it does, that can open up contacts. Yeah. Stan, if you're, if you're still on and you want to answer that, uh, we'd love to get back to you. So hit, hit us up in the Q and a for an answer to Dr. Smith's question. Uh, we'll move to Roy. Is there a way to get the bite back after it's changed? It really depends on how long it's, it, if there's been a disc retrieval, no, and it wouldn't make sense to, but in general, if it's just muscles that are shortening, um, you can do it. Uh, I've had mis mixed success with it, and largely it depends on how long that bite's been that way. And I tell patients, you know, if you, if you come back, if you decide in the first couple of months that you get this bite change and you'd rather stop using the appliance, it'll probably go back. But I say, if you come back in two years and it's been changed for a couple of years, it's not going back without orthodontics. Yep. And even then, it's questionable. Yeah, not, not if they've had condylar remodeling. Right. <laughs> uh, so Stan did get back to us. No ball clasps, all acrylic. All acrylic. Man, I, I wonder if the embrasure, uh, if he, and that's a problem with some scanners, they extrapolate and the embrasure areas are going to be putting pressure in between the teeth, which mm -hmm. theoretically could open it. But man, it's, it's pretty unusual for a 100% acrylic appliance, unless that's the case, that for space to open up. There's just nowhere for teeth to go. I mean, it's a retain. Yeah. So yeah. I'm a little puzzled right now. So Stan, if you want to email Dr. Smith at info at sleepdallas.com. <laughs> uh, I, Doc, what would you recommend if he if he did something else? Well, uh, I, like well, tried a different appliance, maybe. What would you recommend? Well, I think so sometimes also, you know, that speaking to that acrylic going into the brazier areas, sometimes that'll compress the gum tissue and they'll start collecting food in, uh, in the embrasure area and not occlusally. 
So that would be another question I have. Um, but if he's talking about just wide open spaces with floss, for example, like there's no more snap, then uh, yeah, I'd love to maybe, I, I do know that sometimes clinchers can somehow do this. And it's, it's still amazing to me when you've got the teeth retained by acrylic. I mean, it's a, it's a great retainer. So to be opening up spaces, mm -hmm. it would almost have to be a clincher. But again, uh, I haven't seen the case or the, the before and after. So it's hard for me to judge. Got it. Dr. Rashmi said uh, clencher with interproximal acrylic will do it for sure. Adjust the acrylic. All right. You made it. <laughs> we had a lot of questions. Uh, you it. all, yeah, it's, it's good, man. It's good. Uh, so to you all in the audience, uh, so many of you have stayed 20 minutes over. We appreciate you. Thank you for giving us your time and hanging out tonight. Doc, thank you as well for your time and all the pearls. Any parting words for these guys as they get out there and do more work? Basically, guys, don't give up. I know there's this isn't a slam dunk field, but it is so rewarding. And I don't want failures to get you down because everybody has failures. Everybody. And physicians have it. Everybody has failures and just know it's just part of it. Uh, and I know many dentists are, are they're a little anal. They're they're a little like, you know, I got to Everything got to be perfect. I got to get the HI on to zero or it's a failure. No, it's not. <laughs> Yeah, it's Hang not. in there, guys. Yeah. And uh, thank you all. We appreciate you. Hope you have a great night. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us on this webinar. If you'd like more information on dental sleep medicine education, coaching, or home sleep testing services, please feel free to reach out to us at awakenasleep.com forward slash edu or at info at awaken number two sleep.com. Thank you and have a great day.